1: I am Jess. You're back. Oh, yes. Hi. I'm Hi. Jen. Still Jen. Very happy to be back. Um, it's been a couple of weeks. It was very exciting to hear your episode, your Soko Mascara episode. Yeah. Did we do okay without you? You did great. It was very interesting.
0: Oh, good. I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad
1: you liked it. I was nervous. No. You oh, here. no, no, no. It was fantastic. And how was your vacation in With- My, Miami? Will Smith style, big okay. Willie style down in Miami. Okay, oh. thanks for the 1990s reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had a great time. It's very relaxing, very refreshing. S- so let's talk. Okay, so here's what we've got going on this episode. This is a biggie. We've been waiting for this one for a while. Big guest, but before that, two topics. We're going to talk about hair breakage, specifically that from your old ponytail holders, mm-hmm. okay? Then we're going to talk about, I'm going to get real personal today. I'm going to talk about one of the real reasons I got into the whole beauty game. And our guest. Oh, my God. I mean, can we get a drum roll here? Or a...
0: Get ready for the master class, okay. right? We yeah. have Mario Dedevanovic. AKA oh. Makeup by Mario, celebrity in his own right, but also makeup artist to Kardashian family, BB Rexa, Ariana Grande. I mean. We had such a lovely conversation with him. Actually, two conversations. Sorry. It's a two parter, <laughs> which we'll explain when we get into the interview. Yeah. But honestly, if you're an aspiring makeup artist or just, you know, a fanboy or girl, you're going to love, love, love this I mean, interview. He's the real
1: deal. Yeah. It the was big great Kahuna.
0: Let's get into it.
1: You guys are so great sending the DMs and emails about what is on your mind, beauty-wise. And I can't even keep up with it all, so I, you have to forgive me. I forgot which of you sent me this question, so I'm so sorry. But one of you sent a cue about what to do about breakage from ponytail holders now i'm assuming you're just using the old goody elastic kind of thing yeah but if you're wearing ponytails and buns a lot you're gonna have like a little spiky breakage around like where your ponytail you know would be which would probably be around the crown Mm -hmm. around like the little you know the back of the head and i feel your pain because sometimes i have that too it looks spiky and like it looks just like silly sometimes yeah it reminds me of like those electric, remember those electric balls or like static? Like
0: Yeah, or it's a line because when your hair's not in the ponytail, there'll be like a tiny line of breakage in the center of the head, like right around ear level. Yeah. But that's because when your hair is up in the ponytail, right where the wrap was yeah. was where there's breakage. So I did a little research to mm-hmm. talk to celebrity hairstylist Jonathan Colombini. Okay. Um, here's the thing. You cannot glue hair back together. We have discussed this. Even those products that say they seal... Sp- Split ends. They're, Mending products. You know what they do temporarily because they're working with like a negative and positive charge, but it works on the ends because it's intense. Well, you know, it like coats it with ingredients and then the two pieces grab to each other for a temporary bond. It just doesn't work the same with that breakage that's in the middle of the hair shaft.
1: So, so you're saying those, the ones, the, the ion ones or whatever, they. They work for this. this like split ends, ends better. Oh, okay. got right, because it, this it, got kind it. of
0: breakage isn't necessarily a split end. It's like you broke off your hair, yeah, right? The hair's gone. It's mid-jacked. down the drain.
1: Unless, and you can't glue it. It's back in off. the parking lot. So I
0: think what we have to talk about here is prevention. Yes. Um, everybody, first of all, if you're using a goddamn rubber band to put your hair up, just. <laughs> sorry, you deserve the
1: breakage. <laughs> you probably aren't listening to this podcast. Yeah.
0: However, Jonathan was saying a lot of people use, you know, a wrapped hair tie that's like cottony and stretchy and whatever. Even those aren't good. And he said it's not really? just because of the tightness. I was like, oh, right, because you're making it too tight. You should loosen up. He's like, no, it's the act of pulling the hair through it as you wrap it around a couple times oh. that causes the breakage because that's when the tension think about it because you pull it sideways while you're wrapping it in
1: uh-huh. and it's
0: causing that friction against the side right at that point. Right. He is a fan of which always scared me for years the bungee hair elastics.
1: Oh I can never
0: figure out, figure out how to use those. There's two schools of thought on them. These are the it's like a hair elastic material but then there's two hooks on the end. Yeah. Some people use them they hook it into the they make the ponytail they hook it into the hair wrap around several times and then hook the hook back into the hair almost Uh like a bobby pin right not onto the elastic itself he says no i like to hook the hook onto the other hook first no that's just how you close it i just find that to be really hard to get them to line up do you know what i mean yeah yeah so um i like the other way too which is where you wrap it around and then you just hook it into your own hair um maybe that would cause more breakage i don't know but that's one thing the other thing is, if we're doing the uh, ponytail just because we want to keep it out of your face while you're washing your hair or when you're home,
1: get a scrunchie. It's so funny, like, the, the resurgence of the scrunchie. Especially those slip pillowcase ones. So, yeah, you were out to a uh, work dinner recently, I right? thought they
0: were just like, oh, when I'm around the house, scrunchie. And three of a very cool girls sitting around me at this dinner all had these scrunchies in And I was like, I kind of
1: dig it. I don't know. I, this goes back to what we were saying like a couple of weeks ago. Um, like if you wore something the first time, can you wear it the oh, second time it? around? Oh, listen, you kind of lovingly teased me over the summer when I had my summer hair accessory, my little J. Crew X Liberty scrunchie. Oh yeah. I love that it has a bow on it too. Yeah. I love I love J. Crew scrunchies. They're a little overpriced. But they're so much fun. Okay, this is an accessory where quality matters, though, because the cheap scrunchie is, like, cheap. Yeah, no, I have my scrunchie in my bag right now. I don't limit it to the summer. I love it. It's a great print. Um, But the scrunchie... It doesn't – there's no tension in the hair, but, like, it's not for exercising. Right. And you so know. for exercising, the bungee hair elastics is the way to go. I'm not using this, but, yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, as far as hiding it goes, the other thing is, obviously, a smoothing product will make it less noticeable, but you just can't glue the hair back on. Sorry, no. you're going to have to break no, it.
1: No, I think it is about prevention. And, yeah, I, I haven't tried the slip ones yet. I know we said we're going to, um, but people seem to really like them. Yeah, so –
0: all that's right. our, That's what we've got for help. Yeah. Also, it would change the spot of the ponytail. Everybody's heard that tip. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're always at the crown of the head, put it at the nape of the hair. So it's yeah. always, It's not always in the same yeah. spot. Maybe throw it on the side. You're getting yeah. a scrunchie already. Might as well do a side ponytail now. And also
1: maybe, like, a, some heat protection spray or just something to give it a little slip. So it's not, like, on, like, dry, brittle hair.
0: When you're pulling it through the yeah, ha- yeah, yeah. hair tie. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. 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 And, you know, hair is weaker when it's wet. That's science, people. Mm-hmm. So maybe wait to put your ponytail in it until it's dry. Yeah. Look at look at
1: all this yeah. look at these tips that we have for you. <laughs> You're welcome, Jen. A couple of weeks ago, we had the fabulous Alessandra Steiner on the show, and we talked about you know her beauty journey. And there was a little bit of like back and forth, like, "Oh my God, that's why I got into beauty." Yeah, and, you know, because you two were long lost sisters, and I further? sat here like a bum on a log. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. It's not true that's at not all. true. But we had a lot in common about like how we got into our beauty journey and like the things that. Um, we shared in common. And then even when we left the studio, we were walking down the street together and like having just a little bit of chat about like, you know, beauty was always so democratic. Like fashion, even though we are both into fashion as like, you know, younger kids, like we there were elements of it that like were just not as appealing as beauty. And I was like, You, you and yeah, Alex. Yeah, were talking yeah about Alex, this. not mm-hmm. yeah, off- offline. Mm-hmm. And I thought about, like, you know, we both, uh, both of us have talked about on the podcast about, like, why we loved beauty as, you know, kids and teens and, like, you know, wh- what brought us into this industry. But I felt like it, the conversation that Alex and I had on air and off the air really stuck with me because I felt like there's a part of the story that I haven't been as open about with you, well, maybe with you, but, <sighs> like, uh, um, and our listeners that feels like such a big part, but I don't know why I haven't talked about it. I think it's time for you to. Talk I think about it's time it. to share. So like, I'm nervous. Oh, no 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 it's, no! it's not bad. It's <laughs> okay, not bad. Okay okay. Like, there's something about beauty that is so accessible. And like, I grew up in a town where, frankly, like it was a very ritzy town. Mm-hmm. It was you know, and I'm not like I'm not begrudging it. But it was very ritzy. And I think most kids or a lot of kids can relate to not feeling like they measure up in some way in whatever way that is. So just like put yourself in those shoes. And I remember feeling like, you know, it's funny. Like when Kate Spade died, like, you know, rest in peace. But like everyone was like, writing on these like things online, like, Oh, I remember my first Kate Spade bag or like my seventh Kate Spade bag. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't have a Kate Spade bag, but I remember that feeling of so many of the girls in my school, all having them. Mm-hmm. I remember so many of them had Prada bags. freaking Prada which was like that really blew my mind and that was just not even like it was not a possibility and I don't think that like I was a deprived child because of that I don't think that young girls should have bags that are that much money but that's like neither here nor there but what was really empowering to me was I could work and I did Mm. and I could like march right up to the you know, at the time I'm dating myself here, but like this was like my favorite counter, the Versace counter. They had a makeup line. Google it. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And think nothing of spending a hundred dollars and walking with like a walking with a compact and a lipstick.
0: Well, not think nothing. You worked hard for that money. Well,
1: yeah, I, I worked hard for it. Like I might have worked like
0: the but a hundred dollars whole... in the Kate Spade store, the Prada store, we get you
1: nowhere nothing. fast. But yeah. I felt like this was so sophisticated. And I know nobody cared about these things. No one was like, oh, my God, did you see Jess Matlin with her? Like, no, like, these things didn't even register. Mm -hmm. Like, no one was, these were not objects of envy or status at my school. But to me, they meant, like, the world, because this was the world I was interested in. Like, I was reading Vogue. I was reading Bazaar. I was reading W. You know, to me, this was, like, where I wanted to be. So these things mattered. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm going on a bit, but the point is, like, it was an entry into a world. Yeah.
0: So you liked the beauty world because it gave you access to luxury.
1: Access to luxury, but uh, like a sense of independence, a sense of, um, like sophistication. I liked the, the service. I I can't explain it, but it was really, it's funny that you're saying this
0: and here's why. Yeah. Maybe this is a good time to point out what's going on with our Mm -hmm. interview. That's about to come up. Um, as you know, it's Mario dedivanovic yeah. Jess and I did an interview with him uh, three or four weeks ago. If you remember, we had a week where we had quote-unquote technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. We lost the first portion of the interview, yeah. um, which sucked because it was great. So we talked to him, and he finally was back in town, and I was able to go to his apartment to re-record the beginning, But Jess couldn't come with me because she was on vacation. So just so you know, as you're about to listen to the interview, um, there is a portion that's just he and I talking, and then we pick back up in the studio. So it might sound a little janky, but you... Are pretty much giving the story that he will wait until you hear why he says he got into beauty. I can't wait because I haven't heard it yet. Right because he didn't talk about this when we t- when the two the three of us talked together but it was a sense of he grew up in a community where you know aesthetics weren't like you know you're just surviving you're just getting by mm-hmm. and like that sense of aesthetic luxury is what drew him to the beauty world. It's
1: kind of what you're talking about. Yeah I think it was a kind of it was an escape from yeah. my like day yeah. to day and oh, you I'm know so excited it to wasn't I have to add this too and you know we were just talking about this with someone else but like it wasn't about you know my size it, and we talked about this a little bit with mm-hmm. alexandra alessandra uh, we talked about this a little bit with alessandra it wasn't about like do i fit into this or like am i pretty enough or like am i like it, it, it makeup always fits i mean there was a joke like shoes and makeup always fit mm-hmm. or like a cliche. It was just this entry into this world, like for $30, I had access to something that I was never going to have access to, you know, a Kate Spade bag. So um, anyway, it was I feel like that's
0: a huge part. Yeah, you you've always talked about how you loved magazines and feminine stuff and sparkly things it, and glamour, but it also was um a socioeconomic thing yeah, for you. Yeah, and bit. I think a lot of people
1: yeah. don't really talk about that. And um Americans that's what's especially, so, we don't talk Yeah, about no, we don't talk about <laughs> class and we don't talk about um what how makeup can make you feel and like the dream of beauty and like that's why, you know, Chanel and Dior, they can put on the most amazing runway shows, but the fragrances and the lipsticks keep them in business because that's what most people that's Mm -hmm. the dream Mm -hmm. you know that's the access to the dream and um I don't know I just feel like that's a really important part of my story and I felt like I wasn't being completely honest when we spoke with Alex and you know maybe I haven't been completely honest with myself
0: I'm glad you shared and I'm really excited for you to hear and I hope I did okay and asked him the right questions to hear Mario's story because um, I think it's a little bit similar in well, some I'm ways.
1: I'm very excited that Mario came out on the show. I'm very thankful. So thank you, Mario, for putting up yeah, with our technical for, yeah, difficulties. and for your patience. And um, without- thank you to yeah, the listeners for bearing with us for a week or two. And on that note, without further ado, here's our...
0: Join the community on Allomoves.com today and use code FATMASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. That's Allomoves.com, code MASCARA20 for a 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. Again, that's alomoves.com, and the code is MASCARA20. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season, So, as I told you guys, we had some technical difficulties the first time (laughs) we recorded with Mario. But I'm here. uh, It's Jen. I'm here with Mario Dedevanovic. How'd I do? Hey, (laughs) perfect. We're in your apartment. You're so nice to host me. We're having a slumber party. No, we're not at all. (laughs) It's the middle of the day. But I wanted to go back and start our interview, the part that we missed, and talk a little bit about how you got your start as a makeup artist. So, I know we have something in common because we've worked the same place. But before we get into that... Like, what was the first thing that got you
2: into beauty? Um, so beauty, okay, so uh, it, I want to say it started early, although I didn't know that it started early. I was, from the age from the age that I could remember, really, I would say like four or five. I, I only remember certain things in my childhood, not very much. Um, but I do remember is always this feeling that I would get when I would see either like a beautiful model, or I would see a beautiful home, or I would see you know, beautiful design, I would get this incredible feeling in my body. I didn't know what that was as a child. I knew as an adult that I was inspired. Mm-hmm. And so from a very young age, um, you know, we lived in the Bronx in you know, a little apartment that I shared with, with all my family and, you know, super humble beginnings. My mother was a maintenance woman for L'Oreal and then she would clean homes in addition, you know, for additional money and my favorite thing to do as a child was to go with her to these homes. I would beg her, like, if I had a half a day or if I had a day off or something yeah. from school, because the homes were beautiful.
0: Wait, and you so didn't want to go to L'Oreal Corporate Headquarters? I wasn't allowed to go in.
2: Okay. I wasn't allowed to go in. Um, but my favorite, my absolute favorite thing to do was to go to these homes with her, because I would literally, like, I would walk in and I just would never want to leave. I was so inspired by the design, the wallpapers, the, the art, you know, the plants, everything. My other favorite thing to do, this is so sad, actually, because, like, you know, instead of playing games with everyone, it's like I would ask my dad to drive, us to, to drive me to Westchester so I could see the lawns and the homes. <laughs> so I was insp- – anything that I saw that was beautiful, like, d- physically had a reaction. Like, yeah. you know, I, I was incredibly inspired. And then, obviously, when I started seeing magazines – my oldest sister, Vicky, who was gorgeous, who still is gorgeous, um, Mm. she would get ready for school in the morning, and I never looked at her thinking, like, oh, she's putting makeup on, I just looked at her, like, the process of the hair and the makeup, I was always fascinated by it, I always, like, kind of, again, it made me feel inspired, yeah, and so I didn't know what I wanted to do, I didn't think twice about makeup, you know, my mom would bring home sometimes makeup from the L'Oreal, uh, building, never looked at it, never thought twice about it, and then, um, I wanted to be a teacher. That's what I wanted to do my entire life. And when I walked into Sephora when I was 17, um, I was looking for a job in the city. I went to like... Just a,
0: like a retail job. You didn't care if it was fashion or beauty? I didn't care. I just mm-hmm. wanted
2: to get a job in the city. I was, al- I was almost kind of rebelling because I had been working since I was 12 years old and, and giving my father my money every week. You know, uh, It's like a cultural thing that we do. Mm-hmm. And. and I thought that he was saving up the money for my college, and, but he didn't. <laughs> so <laughs> when it was time to go to college, I told him, okay, I want to go to Miami. I want to go to here. I want to go to there. And he's like, basically, it was like a joke. He's like, are you kidding me? With what? Uh, and I'm like, with the money I've been giving you for the past several years. And he's like, well, no, that money's gone. We, we paid bills with that money. And so then I wanted to rebel. And I was like, well, guess what? I'm not going to college. And literally the next day I went, I was like, mom, take me to the city. And I want to go find a job. I mean, how sheltered was I that at 17 I had to ask my mom to take me to the city? Which <laughs> um, but anyway, we went, and then I walked into a Sephora, and I literally, like, it was like an epiphany. I was just like, oh, my God. I was surrounded. It was so beautiful, and it was three floors, and they all had these black, I think, I want to say YSL designed the suits at that time. I oh, don't
0: I don't... This is like, what, like 2000? 2000.
2: I'd have to check. That's when
0: I worked there, too. That's so funny. Yeah. This was the one on Fifth Avenue?
2: It was on Rockefeller Center. It was oh, the, it was the Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. And it had the big like, perfume organ thing. Oh, it was And the gorgeous. shower gel's all rainbow. Yes, yes,
2: yes, yes. Oh, my God, the shower gels. Remember? They don't make they those the, anymore. Yeah, no, they don't wow, do Wow, I just thought, and the lipsticks. Yeah, oh, it was
0: beautiful. Sickly. Yeah,
2: so um, I walked in there, and it was like a sliding, uh, revolving door. And my mother, she just literally, like, pulled my hand, trying to take me outside. The other. She's like, no, no, this is not in for you. Out. This is not for you. This is not a store for you. And I'm like, stop, leave me alone. I'm like, I want to go. And I went, and I asked for the job. Um, I just remember walking around and seeing everyone with the gloves, and I was like, "Oh my god, I want to work here!" So, I yeah, didn't... for people
0: that don't know, they used to wear those black gloves <sighs> yes. to like display like theater. But it was the only products.
2: one, so it was like it was just so fancy. I don't know. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, but from a, a kid from the Bronx, I was like, you know, I didn't go to the city that often. And then <clears throat> they never called me back, and I think some of the other places did, like Armani or something. But I didn't take those jobs because I was like dead set on Sephora.
0: You were holding out. Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: so um, there was a woman named Marie Christine. I. Don't ask me how I got her number. I want to say I went to the library and researched the corporate offices of Sephora in France. Yeah. I got in touch with this woman named Marie Christine. She was the head of all Sephoras. And um, she said she was coming to New York the next week or in the, the next two weeks. And I went into her, into the New York offices I met with her.
0: Like and in the corporate offices? Yeah, in New York. On 58th Street?
2: I don't remember. But yeah, it was probably like you. Yeah, what around, if you
0: were like... My cubicle was in there. What if like
2: maybe we, maybe we cross we cross pa- paths? I gotta go look back and um, pictures from work. <laughs> Do you know who that is, Marie Christine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she
0: was the well, she was like when the French were coming yes, to town. she was you to, like,
2: blonde. Yeah, she was, We all
0: had to be wearing all black, and she
2: was everything. a big deal, like in, yeah. in the stores, you know. And she basically interviewed me, and I told her, you know, I worked at the Bronx Zoo, and I worked at uh, I was a pretzel boy at the Bronx Zoo, and then I became a manager, and I was a busboy at Mario's restaurant, and I, you know, packed bags at twelve and thirteen and fourteen at this place. And no experience basically for, yeah. for retail. And but I said to her, I said, But I love cologne. I was like, I collect cologne and I get cologne for like for Christmas every year. Uh-huh. And I thought I looked so cute. I had like this black button-down shirt on and I unbuttoned the buttons. It was like a little Guido with my hair slicked back. Yeah. She basically I remember her kind of like just looking at me like kind of in a cutesy way, like she kind of almost laughed and was like, Okay, she's like, I'm gonna put you in the new store that's opening up on 19th and 5th. So it happened. The like one
0: with, like, the balconies around it or whatever.
2: 19th and 5th. I it's, think so. uh, there's only one. It's been there since 2000. Wait, what,
0: do you remember what cologne you were wearing to the interview?
2: Probably Jocard, Jocard Noir. It's a classic.
0: Yeah. I yeah. still like it when I smell it.
2: It's, um, it's, I do too. It's, a uh, what's the word? It's, um nostalgic it reminds, yeah, it reminds yeah. me of like of childhood
0: so you didn't get a job as a makeup artist you got a job as a fragrance no sales
2: God, I didn't even know what a makeup artist was at that time to be
0: honest. okay I, I didn't so even know
2: that uh, the make, a makeup makeup I didn't even know being a makeup artist was a thing or like what it was nothing I just had no idea about makeup so I got a job um, as a fragrance consultant aka they put me by the door to say welcome to Sephora to every <laughs> single person that came in and I used to get so frustrated because I'm like I want to go and like work with people you know yeah and so people, women would come, up, would come up to me because I was near the gondola, lipstick gondola, I remember. Mm-hmm. And they would talk to me and ask me for help. And this woman came on the first day of work and said, can you help me choose which color? And I just, I was like, okay. And I just went and I like <laughs> helped her and I fell Think in love. Fake til it <laughs> till like, you I get emotional always like thinking about that. And I know that exact spot where I was always. And I always go to see it when I'm there. Um, and it was like, that was when I had the, the epiphany that I was like I started touching the makeup and the lipsticks and I was like like this is it like I want to do this this is what I'm going to do
0: do you remember what brand you steered her to
2: it was the I think it was the Sephora like it was private the, label it was the Sephora yeah. like they had like hundreds of them colors yeah. like greens blues oranges yellows um, and it was the Sephora gondola and I just helped her pick a color and then from there, I became obsessed. I started you know, sneaking out of the fragrance department and, and became friends with all the makeup artists, became friends with the manager who was the, the manager of the beauty department of color, like we used to call it. And you know, they would start giving me gratis, brushes and gratis. And then I had a little shoebox at home Um, a little Nike shoebox and I'd start collecting all my gratis, hiding it from my family, of course, because you know, God forbid they found out that I was going to be a makeup artist.
0: Did they still think you were going to go be a teacher once you saved up money for
2: college? Um, Yeah, I mean listen, so my my parents came here in the 70s, you know, obviously from nothing from the mountains in in Montenegro, you know, we're Albanian from Montenegro and they came here for a better life. My mom especially like sacrificed so much and so hard like for us, you know what I mean? Um, And so my whole life it's those moments that I remember of like my mom struggling um, and so yeah she wanted to come here and, and to make sure that her kids had a chance and an opportunity to go to college and to become successful you know yeah. I, I don't think she thought a teacher or anything like that she just thought school business right. like he's right. gonna do something he's not gonna suffer the way I did Yeah. and so I knew that um, but I also knew that I wanted to become a makeup artist yeah. and I knew that that was what I had to do and it, it was me thinking like everything from my childhood like the, all those moments of like me remembering, like, my mom's struggles and stuff mm-hmm. um, always stuck with me in everything that I did and every decision that I made in my early years, especially in my career. For example, like, I remember going to work with her one day on the bus, and she was literally, like, I think had a 100-and-something fever. And instead of taking the train, she took the the bus, which was, I think, a little bit more easy, but she never did that because it was, I think it was $2.50 more. Yeah. So that was, like, a luxury to her. Yeah. And she, me and her were taking it, and I just specifically remember, like, she was... Thirsty, like dying of thirst. I mean, she was sick, and like yeah. she wouldn't buy a bottle of water because she wanted to save the dollar. For, yeah, because she saved for us. So, like, it's those moments that I think of always, and that I always thought of, especially in my early years. Um, that like I can't have that life, and I have to like, yeah, not only have a better life for myself, but like to give my mom a better
0: life. Yeah, it's it's what drives you, it seems.
2: Yeah. So, um, so that that was basically like. You know, that was a struggle. So it was that, and then it was sort of like telling my family that I'm a ma- that I'm gonna be a makeup artist. Yeah. And then having to deal with having to deal with like the rejection and, and the the shame, you know, because they were embarrassed. They didn't want to tell anyone, they didn't want to tell the Albanian community that their son is doing makeup. You know, my mom to my mom that, that meant like she doesn't know. She that meant like I'd be maybe spraying for a few months people's wrists yeah. for the rest of my life. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that, but she just thought like she came here for something more than that. And so I had to prove to them. I had to. Yeah. I, it was the driving force that really just was everything to me in my, in my, in my life, and especially in my early years, and even to this day.
0: Um, they must be proud of you now, first of all. I hope I'm so. I'm sure <laughs> they are. But you, so you started out in retail, and a lot of people I think know you because they think of you as like Makeup by Mario, and they think about um, your Instagram, but they think about seeing you with Kim Kardashian and all the celebrities that you do. But you really got your start in the editorial world, right?
2: Yeah. So what? after retail, yeah, um, I went out and started researching heavily. Um, you know, doing the right thing, really finding out everything about the industry that I needed to know, finding out who the big wigs were, the photographers, researching, studying all that stuff. And then I started testing with photographers like immediately, any chance I could get, building my portfolio. And then I started meeting other makeup artists, assisting other makeup artists, and you know, until I started working with the fashion you know the fashion bigwigs you know the fashion makeup artists and um yeah that was where I learned so much um not necessarily you know the work that I do with celebrities but just it really groomed me and trained me you know in terms of product and set etiquette and Mm -hmm. you know being on set uh, with with the photographers like Stephen Klein every day and you know with the makeup artist Kabuki and we were doing massive campaigns every day I mean you know, someone who's like 20, me, like 19 or 20, 21 years old, to be doing those kinds of jobs every day was... You were assisting
0: at that assisting, point, right? Assisting, yeah, yeah. And, and
2: most of the time for free. You know, I got paid sometimes, but it was most of the time for free and, you know, always kind of keeping a job on the side as well, just for income, whether it was retail or freelancing for a brand or whatever it was. Um, but, yeah, I come from, you know, years of that, of, of, of that industry. And it was <clears throat> it was sort of after that, I had begun towards the end of, like, my assisting uh, years i had begun you know definitely working a lot more on my own starting to do some socialites in new york and starting yeah. to do some celebrity clients um and it was i also made a decision at that time that i did not want to be a fashion makeup artist meaning i didn't want to do just campaigns and editorials every day
0: why is that
2: why because i'm very realistic that's number one i'm also i watch a lot you know i, I even growing up, I didn't speak much. I watched everything and I listened and I I kind of see my, I'm very aware of my surroundings and at a young age, being an assistant on these sets, I just saw what it was like and I saw that it was always the same teams of people <laughs> for years, you know? And it was like a mafia. The same six yes, names of makeup yes. artists. Yes, and what's crazy yeah. is that 20 years later or 19 years later today still. it's still the same six or seven people. Yeah. And so I knew and I made a very conscious decision at that time I'm like I want to be successful. Like I want a, a level of success that I want that I have in my that I'm having my mind, you know, for my mom, for myself, like I want to I want a level of success that, you know, that I don't think I'll ever be able to achieve. So I was just being realistic. You are being
0: practical. Yeah.
2: I don't think I'll ever be able to achieve this type of success that I want. Um, and
0: you're not talking money. You're just talking like, I will be the best in this world. Yeah.
2: Like, not even the best in this world because I, oh, by far, I don't think I'm the best no, in No, in the world,
0: world yeah. of, like, editorial versus just, the world of... Yeah. Like,
2: I, I wanted, I just wanted to be suc- uh, to be successful, you know? Um, yeah. And I just felt that like I didn't have a chance in that world, you know? Yeah. And I was being realistic. And also, I enjoyed doing... I enjoyed more of the celebrity jobs, you know, doing the glam. And also, like, to be quite honest, I would much rather do a do-and-go with a celebrity than be on set for 18 hours. On Wait, a what concert. was the
0: word you just said? A do-and-go?
2: A oh, do-and-go. You, do you don't know that?
0: A do-and-go?
2: Oh, yeah. That's what we call, like... That's... I know
0: step and repeat. I don't know do-and-go. No, step and repeat
2: is like a red carpet. No. Yeah. Do-and-go means when you go to a celebrity's house or hotel, you do them and go.
0: I've never heard that. and I've been Are you tons of kidding makeup. me? Yeah. Maybe that's just like you guys say that. of it.
2: That's like the industry standard. Now I sound there's naive. Like, oh, yeah. There's a do and go, and then there's like a, a, a full day. Like a full day rate, a full day, and then there's I a do see,
0: and go. I see. Okay.
2: So I love a do and go, by the way. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the king of do and goes. I love like – I want to
0: use this in my regular life. I'm just going to do and go. This, yeah, is, my, this just, is a podcast right now. I'm in yeah. your apartment. Do and go. Like
2: you know how some some like makeup artists, they'll do several – clients a day like for a red carpet yes so those are all do and goes because they're not with them all day you know
0: okay I totally get it do that it makes and go sense.
2: so anyway I would much rather do and I much prefer doing do and goes or magazine covers and you know than than doing an editorial with like eight models for 18 hours and, and making no money but
0: what if you do they go and then you see the photos later and you're like she messed up the lipstick <laughs> or something like that or
1: you know how no. to set the makeup so it's going yeah, it, to you said you set know it or you, you hope doing.
2: that you know you hope that they're yeah. not, you know smart enough to not mess it up but usually my clients are really good with that um
1: about the actual makeup now when i think of you know instagram i think of a lot of you know things like contouring and baking and overlining and i also think that a lot of those can be traced back to really the kind of work you did with Kim, you know, at at the start. But you've always been really honest about the fact that you didn't, you know, quote-unquote, invent any of those techniques. And, you know, we spoke a few years ago, and you were really quick, and I I really liked this, that you were really quick to pay um, homage to people like Kevin Aquan or like Away Bandy. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because I think a lot of people don't get to hear that from you. Yeah,
2: of course. I mean, nothing is... Or invented or created new. Every, everything, you know, has been, has, has been happening, it was already existing, techniques and stuff like that. These are things that are so old. Like, mm-hmm. this is how the celebrity makeup artists and, and makeup artists did make up in the 70s and 80s, you know. The difference is that no one knew, the masses didn't know about these tricks of the trade. You'd look in the, they would look on red carpets, magazine covers, or they'd see someone on stage or at the Emmys or Grammys. And they look so flawless, but no one knew how to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And the difference is that now everyone knows how to achieve it. You know, it's a certain uh, sort of application that's not that was never mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I started doing that makeup early in my career because I started assisting people and I, I learned all those tricks of the trade. Um, and so you know, it just so happened that the mix of like Kim and myself together, she happened to be a celebrity who just naturally just like started sharing it all and showing pictures mm-hmm. and right. videos on her blog and like no one had ever done that before she started getting really busy like where it was like a constant she had a constant demand or need for makeup you know what mm-hmm. i mean and so then I, she would start booking me for all her important stuff and press tours and like she was always doing something it's crazy like she's a hard worker in those early years i mean i would go to la and stay for like three months at a time like mm-hmm. in a hotel because she had work every single day wow um, you know, traditional celebs, they'll promote an album or a movie or something, but, like, with her it was literally just 365 days a year.
0: Wow. Right.
2: I and mean, so, you Social know.
0: media lets you show the pieces that go into the makeup, but it also sort of brings people like you to the forefront other than Kevin Aquan, Like, you always didn't... You didn't always know makeup artists' names back in the day, like a regular person. Yeah. And even though you now have made a name for yourself, you kind of strike us as someone who doesn't really want the limelight. So if... So what drives you? Do you want to be famous? Do you want to be known? Or is there something else driving you?
2: That's really interesting. I always kind of like think about this. Um, It's, I don't want to be famous, no. Like I I always say like jokingly with my friends and stuff, like I don't wish like a a huge level of fame upon anyone. It's like, it's, I don't want that life. Like it's not me at my core. I look at it like this way. So like, because I struggle with it, um, I'm giving, I'm given opportunities, right? Um, and those, a lot of those opportunities required me going to uh, events and doing meet and greets and taking photos or doing a red carpet, you know, brand events and, and all, all types of things. These are all opportunities that I'm given as a makeup artist. I have two options. I cannot take the opportunity and sit home and just, you know, <laughs> not be as successful. Or I can, or I can suck it up. And do it, even though I don't like getting dressed, and I hate fixing my having to fix my hair and put bronzer on and all this stuff. Like being in front of the camera because I'm self-conscious, I'm insecure, like a lot of other people. Really? Yeah. And so he needs a podcast. (laughs) You know. So the other option is you you suck it up and you sacrifice and you and you do it because it you know the rewards are, are greater. I always think like, are the rewards greater than the sacrifice? You know that it takes to to get you know to the to the reward and it you know usually they are if not then then I wouldn't. But what
1: what do you ever get self conscious about? I feel like you're like you know one of the biggest makeup artists in the world. You have like a really cool life. At least it seems that way. Are like you what's me? what what do, what get do you? About? Yeah, so like, many things. You're I mean, cute.
2: just like, thank you. <laughs> um, just like really crazy. I mean, just I don't like my left side photographs. I get self conscious <laughs> about my nose or that my face is round or you know. You know, social media, I think, adds to all that because, you know, back in the day when I used to go to work, there was never a camera there. Like, I could go in sweatpants and a hat and look like shit, and it didn't matter. But now, it's like almost every single job that I do requires me to be on camera somehow. Mm. They have behind-the-scenes cameras that they want. You know, I do so many brand contracts, so many brand partnerships and contracts, and then I have the masterclass. It's like everything. Sometimes it's like three days a week where I have to buy a new yeah. outfit, and I have to buy a new jacket, and I have to buy... You know, fix my hair and get a haircut. It's like it's a lot. Yeah. Like that part like I don't care for. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I could have suc- the success that I always wanted my whole life um, without any of that, I would definitely take that.
1: It does sound very stressful. A lot a lot to think about at once. Um, you mentioned the master class. That's you know, didn't you trademark master class or something? Like isn't yeah, that I'm not your sure. thing? I'm not
2: sure. Well I trademarked the master Oh the master class. But yeah. I'm not sure if it actually if I was actually able to because okay. the master class is too broad of a, of a term. But, um, but
1: it's your thing. When I think of the master class, it's Mario. It's not, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> what, what do they, so when you do these classes, yeah. what are
0: people, like, what are the questions you get most often still? Um, or not still, You know, it's not
2: like 95 or, or ni- probably more than 95% of my students, which a lot of people don't know, are, are makeup artists of different levels and also aspiring makeup artists. Um, so these are people that really want to learn makeup um in fact like sometimes if i'll have a celebrity guest like a lot of people get annoyed because they're like like oh, we don't care you know we, we want to learn the makeup like don't you know we yeah. don't care about anything else you know that's none cool. of the chit
0: chat let's get down to <laughs> the yes, technical yes and that's
2: what i prefer too um because i know that they're there to learn for a reason and that's why the whole masterclass started you know it wasn't about money because back then i didn't make money from it i lost money yeah. from it um oh wow it, it's you know this thing happened with kim where she we did a tutorial on youtube and it went on youtube and then all of a sudden like I remember walking out of the train, and I was bombarded with messages and emails from people around the world asking me makeup questions. And then I was like, holy shit, like, these these people, if like, if they don't live in New York or LA or London or Paris, like, they'll never know, like, the tricks of the trade. And so... That's when I decided, like, oh, my God, I'm going to have a class where I'm going to have them come and I'll teach them all the, the tricks of the trade. Like, just just the way, like, they saw a taste of it on YouTube with the Kim video. And that's how the master class was born. You know, it wasn't out of money. You know, a lot of yeah. the master classes nowadays, you know, people do them because they want, they see the success and they want the money. Yeah,
0: it's like an event almost, not an actual learning yes. experience.
2: Yes, so, yes. So, you know, so that, that are... was the reason for it. So all the questions I get to answer your question are career, career stuff. They want to oh. know, you know. Oh. Aside from all the techniques, because I always say, like, I'm not the most talented makeup artist by far, you know? But there's a way to approach makeup, and especially more so now that we're so inundated with, you know, techniques on YouTube and social media. People are just seeing over and over the same thing. It gets embedded into their brains. So when they come to the master class, they learn how to actually approach a face. Put all that stuff aside. Put all the trends aside. Put all social like media aside. Like the stripes aside.
0: down both sides of your nose. Yes, all the, that stuff yeah. aside.
2: They learn how to approach a face, like... You know how to think about the makeup they're about to do. How to not do the same exact makeup on every person. Uh, okay, that's a good.
1: thing <gasps> oh, How yeah. to
2: not, you know, you know, how to not mess up someone's face. You know, because you can do a disservice to someone's face if you're just doing the same thing that everyone else does on social media, for example. Mm-hmm. They learn so much. Like it's honestly for most of them, like just according to what they tell me after and what they write. I mean, it's it's mind blowing for them. Like they don't they don't know they didn't realize all of this stuff, you know, how to approach makeup and when not to do something and, and how to build softly. Like, people think that, you know, makeup, is, is, it's, it can be intense. There's a, lot, there's a lot that goes into it, and it's really important, I feel like, to know and teach especially artists or aspiring artists when to hold back, when not to do certain things you know, how to approach. It's every- almost
0: more important than when to do them, right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, about contour, that's my thing. I always tell them because, of course, everyone thinks like, oh, you know, quote-unquote contour king, and they think <laughs> I'm going to do some insane contour, and it's always just extremely natural. And, like, they're like, well, we don't, I don't, like, what do you mean? Like, we thought you were going to, I like-
1: came for the contour. <laughs> right. You know,
2: well, I mean, that's not why they come, But, uh, you know, but <laughs> I always tell them when I'm teaching contour, I say it's more important to know when not to contour than it is to know how to contour.
0: Like if someone has a super skinny nose, but then they just automatically start right, contouring right. it, like, because they think not.
2: they think that you know, because they know how to do it, then everyone needs it. Yeah, well, no, I don't always. I don't always contour at work, you know. I have certain clients that are super glam that love that stuff and I give it to them but then I have other clients where when I do editorials I don't I don't even... Like,
0: does Christy Tarlington need contour? Probably not, <laughs> you know? Well,
2: she's probably there. No, she, <laughs> actually, she won't. No, no, she won't. Not Christy Tarlington. Oh, I was I thinking
0: know. of something with a very angular face. I don't know.
1: Anyway,
2: yeah. You would, well, you like would someone like Kate Bosworth like I work with, I don't contour her. Like, I don't, okay. go, I don't go anywhere near her with contour. Okay, um, yeah. I don't when think I do editorials, contour. like, Never contour, really, never, you know? Interesting.
1: <laughs> That's interesting, yeah, really. Uh, okay, another thing you put up, besides besides the makeup, you have put up a lot of great Instagram content that isn't just you know, all your looks. Something you put up, I mean, this is a couple of years ago now. You put up your portfolio. It was like a real physical portfolio, like a hardback portfolio. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't even know what... Oh, if I you, remember that. It, I know, I'm talking to our listeners. For those who don't know what, like, a real book portfolio book is... When I say back in the day, I mean, like, up until maybe five years ago, people would have... Remember, we used to get those neoprene sleeves. There would be, like, hundreds of them around the yes. office. Hundreds. With the hand- oh, hundreds. Oh, oh, c- I, I forgot that. And about the poor that. messengers, they would come onto the floor, you know, and they would drop off the books and the photographers, the makeup artists, the hairstylists. Even Jen and I, we... we I mean, I'm sh- yes. I speaking for you. I have... I still have in my bedroom my book of my editorial yes. clips. Yep. Now, everything, especially for visual people like yourself, is... On, on online and on social media. So you did this great post about how you, your, I think your agent or something said, like, your book is, you know, they don't need your book anymore. It's really about your Instagram. Yeah, it's
2: basically irrelevant. We don't need portfolios anymore. So
1: what kind of feedback did you get from that post?
2: Hmm. I don't remember. I got a lot of feedback for sure. Because um, I, I thought it, it was,
1: like, really, like, a watershed moment. Yeah,
2: I think it was mostly positive. You know, see, I'm not the type, like, I never do stuff. like It was a bit controversial. I never do stuff like that, but I just really felt strongly about it because – of what had just happened with the, you know, having the portfolio returned to me like a day or two before, and then just like really, and that was around the time too when I really started thinking about social media and this shit is all changing that we're like th- th- this field that we're in, and that, that was when I made like a really serious decision to take, you know, to to really focus on that and to think ahead and to become part of it and not like, you know, a hater of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to, to join in with it if I want to move forward and succeed. Were
1: you ever a hater?
2: Um, no,
0: no. He's an early adopter.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not a hater. Like, people always, you know, it's it's, it's funny, because a lot of, like, celebrity makeup artists, or my peers, or, you know, people who've started 15-plus years ago, like myself, mm-hmm. you know, they can get upset sometimes, and they can get really vocal about you know, influencers, are like, I love influencers. I fucking watch YouTube myself. Like, mm-hmm. why would you hate on them? You know, like, it's, they have a different style than you, fine, but who cares? You yeah. you have a different style too. Like, maybe they don't like your style, but, you know, are they going calling it out? Like, this makeup sucks because it's so natural. Like, who cares? It's yeah. like, everyone has their own style. Um, what is there to hate? You know what I mean? If, maybe it has to do with, like, the amount of success someone has that they're not able to achieve for some reason, but, you know, I just feel like, these young kids or these influencers if they have the ability to become successful like uh, like what i was saying earlier like are you supposed to just sit in your room and be like no no i'm not going to take these opportunities no no i don't want that contract no no don't give me that money because i just want to be the same as as i always was you know like you take the opportunities like who cares how old you are you know that's that's how i feel about that
1: now we were also talking before we got on the air about editors like you know you you were you you're in an interesting position because you're not like this new kid on the block where you know you've only worked with like you know digital media and influencers you are like to me kind of like don't be offended when I say this, but kind of old school. Like you know, <laughs> you know. Oh, <laughs> I know. Trust me. I, <laughs> you know, you I'm are, old school. Like you I feel old school. <laughs> like, no, but like you're talking about, you know, where you learned, you know, your skills from. You did. You put in the homework. You did. You read the books. You assisted. I, I mean, old school in that way. Like you're not looking for like I'm gonna make a YouTube video. Like hold this camera. Like why aren't I famous yet? Like yeah. you have that same kind of mindset. But when it comes to editors. Like, what is your take on that? I felt like you were a little bit kind of like a little bit of a question mark there.
2: Okay. So here, can I be honest with you guys? Wait, yes, Is every please. editor going to hate me, though? Like, I don't want to
1: hate No, I, do so I, much I think no, it's like a nuanced conversation. I'm not asking you to be like, yay or nay.
2: Okay, here's the deal with my... Because, no, I do Are love editors. You're talking editors. to two
1: editors. Like, no. you know, I'm, I'm asking you to, I, don't, talk I, d- to me. I definitely
2: don't hate editors. I was just teasing you. But yeah. here's the... here's. <laughs> I think it's like a... Uh, it comes naturally like this frustration maybe from the early days of... I used to work so hard and I used to... I put in all the work and no pe- people didn't really know that. And it's because I became very popular like when I started doing Kim and after I started doing Kim. Now mm-hmm. before that, like you know, I was an assistant. I was on the set with Steven with Stephen Klein and with the biggest makeup artists yeah. and, and fashion campaigns and you know I come from that world. You know but what I, I think mean? a
1: lot of people don't know that. That's right. The so thing. they didn't
2: know that. Um and so I feel like I got I got put into this kind of bubble. I remember when I started doing Kim, because she went through it, obviously, as well. You guys know how it mm-hmm. was in the earlier days. It's like reality stars were looked on. I've upon. been in
0: magazines where it's like, we're not putting those people in the magazine. Oh, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, so, like, I was in that, you know? I was in that firsthand, and so I I feel like I would struggle, you know, and my agents would, too, in the earlier days, like, you know, of just feeling like... There was, like, feeling like editors in that world were so elitist again and kind of against me. You know what I mean? Because because I was doing Kim, you know, because that was my choice to do Kim. And because, you know, I did things a certain way, different from the way everyone else was doing them. And so I feel like, I always felt like this weird, um, just this weird vibe, like that that they were elitist and they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't accept me or they wouldn't, you know, put me in their magazine because I'm, you know, I'm Makeup MR, I'm Kim's Makeup Artist. You know what I mean? So in the early years, before social media really became a thing, there was that whole thing that I struggled with. Because like when you know that, you know, or even, like, in the earlier days with Kim, like, when she started getting covers, like, photographers and editors, they would never want to use me because then they would they would think, oh, no, no, because he's going to do really heavy makeup on Kim. Right.
0: I've heard that from hairstyles, too, with regular clients. And the client gets booked, but they won't book the hairstyles. Right.
2: right. They with... want
1: their own team. They don't want the, right. they which, don't want which the celebrity is natural. team.
2: I mean, they, they still do want that, but I think it's, like, people knowing that, like, you know, I, people just didn't know that I'm able to do other stuff. And so, like, there was that whole thing. And then when the whole contour thing happened, like, I used to literally, like, fight with my agency all the time and, and with the PR who was in the agency because I would try to make people not call me that. I would fight it. And I would resist against it because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I don't want to be known as the Contour King. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's not what I'm about, you know. And then it got to a point where I was like, you know, it's, it's not until I accepted it that mm-hmm. I started really like m- moving forward, and, and good things started coming from it. You know, I started yeah. getting great opportunities and great jobs from it, and you know, so I'm like, yeah, you want to call me the concert king now? You know, go ahead.
1: <laughs> Knock yourself you know? out.
2: <laughs> so that's where my first Now I'm I'm totally fine with the editors and stuff. Um, you know.
0: Cool. We're friends now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um,
2: PR, PR and stuff like that's like a part. You know, it comes goes with I guess that fame thing. Like, you know, I don't I don't love doing interviews. You know, it's one of those things where, like. Like, oh my God, it's like the extra part of your job where you have to answer the questions and you have to, you know, it's always required of me because of all the brand contracts. It's just one of those things, part of the jobs that are not my favorite.
0: Yeah. And so You're you have to say no, too, you know?
2: Well, I think contractually well, n- you can't. Well, a lot of things are contractual. <laughs>
0: okay. You know what I mean. I
2: love it, of course, when it's like the th- something that I like, but like, you know, like the makeup questions, it's like, oh, so boring. And I know you guys are going to probably ask me makeup questions. That's totally yeah, fine. Yeah. But like, you know, how do you do this and how do you do that? It's like, oh, come to my masterclass. Well, that's
0: kind of why we started the podcast. We were like, we wanted to ask the deeper questions that
1: aren't maybe going to make it into the pages of magazine, which I
2: love. I love that. That's you know, more fun. It's more fun. Yeah,
1: sure. Like they want to get to know now you. How do I do that? Pa- <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry. laughs> yeah. No, but like, that's like that's why I a thing about like Timothy because it's like I feel like you th- people. Oh, like, Timothy from Nordstrom. Yeah, we're yeah, back Timothy. On I'm sorry. Oh. Okay. No, but it's like there's a there's this, a thing about like the artist. Like, people get so hook hooked on, like, makeup, but it's not just, like, oh, I'm so obsessed with this compact. Like, not just makeup, beauty. Like, they want to know the people. They want to know, like, yeah. they want that closeness. Yeah, they, it, there's a fandom. I mean, that's why Mo started BeautyCon. Like, there's a, it's a fandom. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think, I think it's really cool what we have going on. Um, Thank you. I was going to
0: ask you just because we talked about this a little bit, but you do get pigeon pigeonhole is almost the word I was thinking yeah. of when you were saying that like people thought of you a certain way. You talked about a few things you'd want people to know. Is there anything else that hasn't really like come to the forefront about you? They're like, why don't people know that I you know worked <laughs> with who, who did you mention Stephen Klein or whoever? Like,
2: yeah. Well, now um, we know you
0: worked at the Bronx Zoo too, so <laughs> that's good. <laughs>
2: um, Now, I think, as I get older, like, I could honestly care less. It's not like, I don't care. I feel like I don't have anything to prove anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I don't care anymore, and I feel like once you stop caring about that stuff, um, and it was probably silly of me to care anyway in the beginning, but it's, you know, because I wanted to be successful and I wanted to be respected, and so I feel like in the earlier days, you know, I I felt like maybe I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be able to achieve my goals because people think something of me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so now nothing bothers, it doesn't bother me. Like, I mean, I say... Even today, I got asked, requested to do like a cover, uh, a certain Vogue cover from another country, like from one of like these photographer team that's like one of the best in the world, and I'm like, literally, told my agent, I'm like, no, no, this is not possible. Like, they would never request me. This you is fucking. You still don't
0: think you're the, you're at that point? In literally, your career,
2: she's like Mario. Like, relax. They actually requested you twice before. Like, I'm like, there's no fucking way they requested. Were you, me. Su- like, were you they excited? They No. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't do it because I, I have other things going on, like in Sydney and blah blah blah. But you know, it's like I don't so care anymore. So you
1: still get excited, huh? Oh, yeah. So a lot of our listeners will not have the opportunity to attend a master class just for, you know, geography or whatnot. know. What if I do, like, a free one? Mm-hmm. Well, but mm-hmm. but what, if, what if they're based in, like, Milwaukee? What you if do I do f- a YouTube video? Oh. Huh?
2: <gasps> you, know, you guys uh, know I don't have a YouTube, right? I don't, like, I, know I don't. know you don't have a YouTube. Yeah. You appear yeah. on others. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, just Kim, really. I, but do
1: you have to pay for Kim's?
2: I you don't, don't have ha- to break not through on it on or, the, like... Not on the YouTube channel. Oh, really? Yeah. But I don't, I've don't. i never actually done a full makeup on YouTube. Like, there, you can't be found so
1: what what? Uh, wh- what's that about? Why?
2: Because I need to teach it in person. They, it takes four hours. Like, mm-hmm. how can I... Re- yeah. I have to break it down to them, and it's an energy that I feel yeah. like. I have. I know when they don't understand something, and they're yeah, shooting... You to see their
0: faces <laughs> responding. It's <laughs> a
2: feeling. Like, I just know. And so I have to, like, truly explain it. Like, it's not just like, oh, put this eyeliner on and start thin and go thicker there. It's like, why are you putting this eyeliner on this shape? If she has this shape, it's going to be this kind of eyeliner. How do you make this eyeliner last throughout the whole day? How do you build it? How you can go from a softer gray to brown or add black for this reason? It's going to make this certain... There's so much oh, that wow. goes to it. You can never, ever, ever learn that on YouTube. It will. It's not possible. That being said, I, uh, I would like to maybe start a YouTube one day.
1: <laughs> I, you have to. Oh, my God. I mean, I, there'd be addicts.
2: I'm just... I'm really scared. I keep thinking about it, and obviously my followers ask me, um, but I'm just like the drama that goes on in that world. Like, I don't want to be... Turn the
1: comments you turn off. You co- turn comments
0: off.
2: Right? Yeah, but then people start, like... I feel then like they the,
0: hate you for turning the comments off. Like,
2: it just, you get, you get, yeah. you get, uh, you, get uh, you know, exposed to all this type of drama, and then people just all of a sudden want to know... I don't know, I feel like it's, like, a level of, like, fame that I'm really scared of. But
1: didn't of. you, like... Is, is, is that because you've seen it happen with your client? Or is that because... No,
2: no, it's because, you know, what I see... Because I just I started... did
1: you learn some tips from Kim about how to deal?
2: Mm, no. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not like that type you know I'm just kind of like she does her thing and I do my thing okay. and, you know yeah. um, I don't know I see it happening on YouTube because I watch YouTube now I started I'm a yeah. like, recent lover of uh, of YouTube Who do you watch?
0: Do you have some Shane
2: Dawson's my favorite yeah. I started watching him because I love documentaries um a lot of people. I watch James Charles. I think he's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. I don't watch that many tutorials, so they're a little boring to me, but
0: <laughs> Okay, so we were gonna ask yeah. you for some makeup tips. Uh, yeah, but it feels got... too reductive right now. So I'm gonna because like like no, you can, said, no, we know no we no, I'm still we need gonna have freebies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But
0: it does seem <laughs> like you approach every face differently. Yeah. So I'm gonna just be selfish then instead of asking you for a generalized tip, I need help with one thing and I'll ask that and we'll see okay. if you So my upper lip line is disappearing as I get Old up in years, like the demarcation, like the, you know, between the reddish part the and vermilion. The, the vermilion, the vermilion
1: edge is what it's called, mm. yeah, right? Yeah, that's what I think, vermilion edge.
0: And so, I've been like using lip liner more, but I just feel like it's not doing it because it wears off or whatever. How do you get your lip line back, like the edge of your lip without
2: like the, the outer corners? You mean,
0: yeah, yeah like the, the whole thing, yeah, the whole thing like along here.
2: Um, I mean, you gotta just slightly.
0: You have a mustache that like sort of is sort of uh, doing that for you. Maybe you should grow a mustache.
2: <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, <laughs> I would just say I mean honestly there's not there's no like major magic trick to it. You know, you just got to you just got to over overline it a little bit, you know, and if it wears off, um you have to reapply it, you know. Do you
0: do one continuous line or are you a feathery stroke kind of pencil? I personally? actually on
2: your lips on your particular lips, I would not uh, fill so much on the outer corners. I would kind of start like a little bit more inwards and mm-hmm. focus more on this whole center the area, cupid bow-y the cupid bowie part, going, d- blending it down to the, you know, otherwise I think if you go all the way down, your lips are going to look just too wide for your face. So yeah, I would go,
0: it gets pointy here at the edges. Yes. Like and if then, I had a rounded lip. Not
2: only that, but you're also going to make your lips appear sad, then it's going to bring your face down. Oh so for like your particular face, I would focus on here and here and then kind of almost like lifting this area. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. I have another question. It's more in general. Yeah. What's a good way to make like the skin just like not look tired? If one of your clients just looks kind of Salo, tired got and got just off a plane like, yeah, and... or just, yeah, like they're having a stressful day and they just pop into your Asking chair. Asking for just, a friend. <laughs> 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 they just pop into your chair for like a few minutes. What are just the couple of things that you do?
2: So that's interesting question. Um, so it's tricky because what I do for my clients at work, like for red carpets and shoes, is so different than what I would tell someone to do at home for a viewer okay. who's watching this. Okay. Um, because what I do at work, it's, it's way too much. No one's got time to do any of it. Okay. Like, I would never do it on myself. I, like, never. Um, honestly, like, I...
0: What do you do for yourself then? Yeah. Okay,
2: after I, after I turned, I would, I want to say, like, after I turned 34, 35, maybe, I really started seeing or experiencing and feeling kind of like what most women feel like, where it's like, they feel like they can't leave without having a little judge, a little something. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel that now. Like, because <laughs> I just feel, like, tired. I feel like I'm getting older. Like, I'm pale. You know my veins are coming through.
1: Such a what, nightmare! Is it horrible? Dude, it's fucking horrible. Like
2: I and then oh the brow thing. Like my brows, I was always so fine with my brows. Like I look, I feel like I look crazy now without something filled in my eyebrows a little bit. They get
0: like they fade because they right? thin
2: out. Like my outer corners are non-existent, and I'm like, what is happening to my they're life? Like, I
0: didn't do anything different. They just stopped growing there or something.
2: Yes, and so like what I do, you guys would laugh if you actually saw like what I do. It, I, I, I literally just use like the cheapest things on myself. Like everything that. Is gonna go in the garbage. I'll just take and use it <laughs> on myself because I'm too lazy. Like to you guys would laugh. Um, but I, I like a little tinted moisturizer with that's a little deeper than my skin. Okay. Um, that makes me feel really. It kind of brings back life and it brings back like a, a natural glow. You know, it has mm-hmm. like a nice mo- um, moisture to it. And then concealer, of course, like especially around the nose area, under the eyes, um, and brow for me. But what? I would say for girls, um, what I think it, it makes a huge difference is, is curling of the lashes, which I know most people don't do um like you know my sisters and
0: just Oh, well, I got a lash perm.
2: So <laughs> Oh, you do? I oh,
0: not anymore. It yeah. felt it was great while I had it, but it grows out kind of wonky.
2: You know, but like but, concealer yeah. and and
0: What's your cheapy brow pencil that you're using? That you, well, actually you I don't that?
2: use cheap brow I use Anastasia brow pencils, Oh, see,
0: it only extends so far. No, it's more like
2: like the powder I use. If I put bronze if I put um tinted moisturizer on, you know, I'll just throw a little powder on, but the one in my medicine cabinet is like a it's a L'Oreal powder that I bought probably 7 years ago in the drugstore. You know, like and I still use it meanwhile Four feet away, I have literally a thousand, like, luxury powders. It's weird. I don't know why I do that.
1: You were saying something about the eye, the eyelid. Were you pointing to the eyelid, or that's all you do is just curl the lashes? Curl the lashes. Well, like, the thing?
2: eyelid gets, like, like mine. They get veiny, and they get, like, you know, mm-hmm. so if you're going to put tinted moisturizer on or concealer, put mm-hmm. some on your eyelids, too.
1: What's something thing that women do all the time that's, like, you just shake your head and it's like, oh, like no one's doing this right? Like, like something that you see that's done wrong all the time. Um,
2: I'm never, like... I'm not the type... I'm not the type to, like, You don't look sit on and, the
0: subway and look at people's makeup, like us? <laughs>
2: um, I do. There's something I, I can't do, I right? do, so but I, I honestly you know? find it, like... There's, like, a part of me... I just... I love seeing, like, you know... How do you say? Pedestrian, I guess? You know, I love seeing, the like, women? real women... You know, I love seeing real women's makeup. In fact, you know, I guess what people don't know about me is that I love natural makeup. And my favorite is when... Actually, when a woman has no makeup on is my favorite. Um... I just love the look of it, it's so, I don't know, it's charming to me, it's sweet, it's like, it's real, you know, and so same thing goes for when I see people that do their own makeup, I don't look at it, like, judging, because like, I don't expect you to, to be, like, fully beat and glamorous, like, number one, you would look weird on the subway, or, like, at, you know, at Starbucks, and number two, look, like, I don't expect you to put in all that effort and know those things, so, like, you know, it's like my sisters, like, I don't look at anyone's face and judge, it's like, it's, it's cute to me, like, it's charming
1: you, yeah, know, you it's know it's almost like,
2: like it's almost like a, I don't know I kind of love to know like how real women do their makeup I love, I like that I can show you <laughs> yeah but you can't <laughs> you, don't, you don't count because you guys are like editors you guys, I, you guys know makeup on right now, I'm so. still every
1: day is an experiment like I, there are things like people think beauty editors know how to really like you know that they're doing some like you know amazing professional job there's still things that I'm like I don't know that's right. Yeah, I just... Remember, I looked at you in the sun today, and she had oh. literal. No, thanks, Jen. Okay, never no,
2: yeah. mind. Yeah, No, I think it's cute. Like I'm looking <laughs> but, at your eyeliner right now, and I'm like, you know, like it goes down on the corner, you know, and something like, that's supposed to. Like that's. <laughs> I know, but like that's so that's like so cute we to me. We had a long day. That's today. cute Thank to me. Like you. I like that. I like that.
1: I, I, it was going like straight across or a little bit like more lifted this morning, but like that was at 7:30 when happens. I put it on. So I don't have a. I don't have a team. Less, I don't have a This is less intimidating,
2: though. See, having it so perfect is like intimidating for real. Okay.
1: That's a very good point. That's you um,
0: You mentioned the Anastasia Brow Pencil as a mm. favorite. What are some other favorites you've been loving lately? There are so many products now. Help us cut um, through Just any other.
2: product in general, you mean? Yeah, sure. Um, oh, so I've been loving... I started using the La Mer Foundation recently, the liquid foundation. liquid foundation. Oh, you like it? Kind of obsessed, yeah. Um, obsessed. I used cream foundations for many, many years, and I just started incorporating... I mean, not just, but probably like four years ago, I started really bringing in a lot of um, and trying lots of different liquid foundations, uh, which I love. And, you know, as the trends change, like I don't use a lot of powder anymore. And, you know, I just like the skin to be really glowy now. And, and so the La Foundation is one of my favorites mm. right now. Um, I love uh, Troy Serrat's New Concealers. That he what just new came out concealers. with, ah. Sorot Beauty. Yeah, no, I know we know. Yeah, his yeah. Brand. yeah. I don't think I've tried too, these. Too, but I, le- I
0: didn't see. He the just the came concealers. out with them,
2: or actually, I don't even know if they're available. Yet, Maybe
0: or, uh, they just are for special okay. people
2: like you. No, no. They, they, he sent PR out, but I like them. I use them actually on myself because I'm too stingy to put them in my kit. Um, <laughs> no, but I like stuff I, is good quality. Yeah, yeah. I love his makeup. Um, and what else is really good as of late? I mean, my classics like that I love, like the Laura Mercier tinted moisturizer. Mm that
1: stuff is so, so, good. Good. Yeah. so good. Or
2: the Laura Mercier like flawless fusion concealer, which I love because, it, like, honestly, it doesn't. There's not many concealers out there that don't get into the lines. So this one, like, is really good if you have like a little bit of fine lines.
0: What about mascara? Wise, this podcast is called Fat Mascara, so I have to. ask. Oh, I
2: forgot about that. Um, yeah. My all-time favorite is for 19 years, L'Oreal Voluminous, and. it's when I heard. I cannot. I try all the time, because I don't want to get stuck in, like, you know, rut. I try all the time to bring in new mascaras, and I try them, and literally, like, I'm just, like, my assistant's, like, she knows already that I'm not going to keep it in the kit, so she just... Doesn't. I like
0: that you keep trying, though. you got to keep your skills fresh. Always. New stuff. You know what?
2: I, the Milk one I tried recently, and I I, know, I don't hate it. I the like it. The Kush one? Kush one. Oh, okay. I used it yesterday on a model on set, yeah.
1: Do you use your hands a lot, or brushes and sponges more? Because, like, the skin that you do is always so, like, flawless, and just gorgeous so yeah. I'm just curious like how you get that finished it, it depends on it depends on
2: on the client like so if I I don't use my fingers if I'm doing a more heavy like if I have a client that likes full full coverage and powder like I don't use my fingers for that um I use like sponge and I use uh, brushes if I'm Are working you a
0: latex sponge or like a beauty blender guy
2: oh beauty blender like okay. hands down beauty blender okay. so that's like I use like eight of them for each application um <laughs> If I'm doing like editorial, like fashion stuff um, or beauty shoots, um, I definitely will use my fingers more mm-hmm. on models. Mm-hmm. Also, because I don't mind that sort of like personal space with the model. Like I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care to like touch them or like you know. Yeah. With celebrity, I there's like a level of I don't know if, it's, if you call it respect or something. I just don't like to get too into their personal mm-hmm. space, meaning to touch them or so. I, I always kind of try to have a little barrier between you know what I mean so I use more brushes Interesting. yeah um I've always been like that even but even with Kim like I no matter how close I am with him or how know no, there's always like a level of respect for one of my clients that I don't like to cross ever um and so I feel like I use more brushes you know brushes and sponges definitely for celebrity for models I'm more like you know get in with my fingers right because yeah. that's their job yeah. And
1: what about for you? Like, what, what about you in terms of, you came in here smelling amazing. You were a fragrance consultant yeah. back in the day. What's... So you're an expert, so tell yeah. us what's going on. You're basically an expert. On. You're basically a perfumer. I mean, what's the question? <laughs> for what, <laughs> what fragrances what fragrance do you, wear?
2: Do you wear? Oh, my God. You guys, I have so many fragrances. I collect fragrances. Um, As do we. My favorites are Tom Ford, hands down, you know?
1: Like Everything.
2: everything. <laughs> I just love every product that man puts out. Every product. Even the ones I don't love the smell of, like, like the fucking fabulous one, I don't, yeah. I don't love the smell of it.
0: Me neither, but the name's so good.
2: Yeah, and they sent me like PR the other day. For the, I finally got in the Tom Ford PR list after all these you freaking arrived, years. Like, and I didn't even ask, they emailed me to ask me. Um, but they sent me like a bunch of the new you know, fragrances and they sent me fucking fabulous, which I already had. Um, yeah. But like I've been, you know, just kind of spraying it every day just because I just love the Tom Ford <laughs> fragrances. But I have, um, my favorite would be probably Ombre Leather. Mm-hmm. I have like this really massive bottle that my sister bought me uh, one year, and it's like you take it out, it's like an oil. Mm. And I just love that
0: one. Nice. Yeah. So, what didn't we ask you that we should have asked you as this winds down?
2: Um, Shocks. I wish I would have thought of this before oh, I'm so before you hard came. You on the spot. Um, no. Uh, you know what? i well, just from what I see and from what I read. Um, the, the industry is so it's changing every day and it's going so fast every day. Um, I think that a lot of people, including a lot of my students who come to my master classes. People, uh, I see that people are feeling hopeless because it's weird. There's so many more opportunities because of Instagram and there's, and everyone, you know, there's all these brands that are coming on all these products. So there's more opportunities, but at the same time, there's more competition. People feel that they're working hard and they feel that they're not being seen. Um, I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but like, just do not give up. Like when I tell you, do not give up and do not say no to things. Like if you're available for something or if you can make it happen, Absolutely one hundred percent make that happen some of the most critical some of the most critical po- uh, parts of my career um, in my life were things that I didn't want to do that I almost said no to. thank God I didn't because those were like some of the most pivotal parts of my career um, you know and I have a lot of friends who did say no a lot and yeah. you know are just you know they talk to me about it now and it's like I wish I wish I wish I wish I did that job I wish I said yes to to it when you did you know um Don't say no, sacrifice. You have to sacrifice. You can't expect to, you can't expect to live like this amazing, you know, glamorous life every day and just kind of go and come as you please and then want success. There are some people that are going to get overnight success a hundred percent, um, it's possible now with social media, and God bless those that can do it, because I wish I could have done I mean, I wish. You it's know? funny, and
0: some people still think, oh, you did, but now I think they were um, realizing, no, yeah. you put in 15 hard years of work oh, before yeah. like, like, the success uh, Yeah,
2: game. like real struggles. You yeah. know what I mean? Like real, real struggles. So um, don't
0: say no. Always say show no. up. Yeah.
2: Always show up, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. You know, be respectful. You want to... Um, you know, my mom always said she wasn't, you know, an educated woman because she wasn't allowed to go to school, um, you know, when she grew up. But, you know, her thing was just always you just be a good person no matter what you do. Be a good person, Mario. Every day she would just say that. Or if I'd come home and complain about something, she'd say, no matter what, you make the right decision. What's the best thing to do from a good heart, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you just do that, I think that eventually, because as a, when I was like a teenager and a young kid, I'd be like, oh, like, like, if I just keep being a good person, like, what if no one else is going to be a good person, you know? It's like you think like a, like a kid. It's karma. But karma, karma, karma. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. I think it's a real thing. And so just try to be a good person. And, again, don't give up. Don't be sloppy. Don't be messy. Um, pay attention to your social media. It's so freaking important. And, you know, just keep going. Keep yeah.
0: Going. Thanks. That's good advice. Yeah. Thank you. You were awesome. Oh, thank, thank you, you guys. so That's much. That's it. Yep. That's painless, oh goodness, right? That was Basically. Yeah. So yeah, it was it's <laughs> in her, right? Feel like right? I know you guys.
1: Oh, well, and well, we spent quite a bit of time together today. that wasn't that long. Thanks, Mario. Oh, thank thank you, Mario. Thank you, Mario. Bye.
0: It's time to raise a wand you ready I'm so ready okay so Jess and I I don't know if you've mentioned this in a while but we both share this fear of bad breath it like oh, unites God. us it's one of the first things we talked about with each other that we have a pact
1: that <laughs> if ever we have bad breath it's okay we have to tell each other we do you remember the mantra What's the mantra? If it smells, you must tell. If it smells, you must tell.
0: (laughs) Yes. So I'm always on the lookout for a breath-fighting product, of which the best, of course, is water. People hydrate. Your breath smells better. It's fine. I'm drinking water right now. However, sometimes gum, mints, it doesn't cut it. You know what does cut it? What? I'm raising a wand to Listerine Ready Tabs.
1: Oh, those are, I They're saw the nil. commercial.
0: They're the, so the fucking amazing. The commercial's cool. Okay, <laughs> that Listerine little plastic sheets, remember those? Oh, the film. I had an old boss who used to always give me them, so I thought that I had bad breath, but really she just was sharing. <laughs> it's like a oh, You're burn. putting a piece of freaking cellophane in your mouth. It dries it out even more. I think there's like some sort of alcohol in it or something, but the ready tabs, okay, I'm putting one in right now so you can experience this with me. You know, first, it the guy's you.
1: eyes bug out in the commercial.
0: Oh, do they? <laughs> yeah. I don't watch TV, John, but you chew? to activate the tablet, then my
1: fish, swish. This is so gross. <laughs> I don't know. They don't, they don't do that at the <laughs> commercial.
0: They don't hear the swishing. I don't, I don't know what's in there, but definitely activates the salivary glands. Sal, <laughs> Okay, listen, I probably should have swished a little longer. <laughs> Salivatory <laughs> glands, I don't know. More moisture comes into your mouth. And then you're probably grossed out because you're like, okay, now you've got this whole mouthful of what is mouthwash. I should want to spit it out. But weirdly, it doesn't taste bad. And you just swallow it like a, like a nice minty, refreshing tea almost. Do you
1: think they had like NASA-level techs on this? Because I, I feel like, how
0: did they do that? I don't know, but it makes your mouth wetter. Somehow it turns into enough moisture just from this tablet that you can swish it around <laughs> like it's mouthwash. But then it's not so much that you're like swallowing a gulp of mouthwash. I mean, maybe there's some plaque and some food debris going down my stomach, but where that's where it'll go anyway. These things are amazing. I don't know. I feel like you have fresh breath, but then you're also remoisturized. Does that make nice, sense? Yeah. Unpon unsponsored, un unpaid. <laughs> I truly just think they're good. All right, what are you raising a wand to? <laughs>
1: okay. Um I am raising a wand to a hair product. And I go love on. it. I love it so much. I haven't loved a hair product like this in a long time. Love Beauty and Planet, Argan Oil and Lavender, Smooth and Serene, Leave-In Smoothie Cream. That's a hell of a name. Okay. It's the Purple Lavender Smoothie Cream. I remember we went to that event a couple years ago. I never tried that. It's a year and a half ago. I
0: like the whole line, but I didn't... Oh my
1: God, this is so good. First of all, if you love lavender like I love lavender, it smells like lavender, but not like the kind that's like old and farty. Like It smells like... (laughs) a nice lavender. It's a lightweight cream, um, very lightweight. I just put a few pumps in my hand and I put on on like the ends of my hair when they're looking like dry and like broom-like and it makes them come together, but Maybe you have a little
0: ponytail breakage. Yeah, exactly.
1: And I just like, br- you know, it just brings them together without looking like I put gloppy hair cream in it, you know, like mm-hmm. just like natural. And then I go back. Sometimes I add a little more because it's so light and sheer that you can really kind of layer um, like a lotion almost. Not yeah, exactly. Exa- perfect lotion not a cream and a thing that is really nice um love beauty planet you it's like a it's a brand you can feel good about it's very <laughs> like um eco-friendly everything's made from recycled packaging um you know no animal testing all of that good stuff you know they're a brand that when they came and out and mass right and at mass sorry it's so cheap it's um this uh, uh, target online it's six dollars and ninety nine cents i for feel a like hair that's post. how much the
0: ready tabs cost yeah, for
1: Hair products, as we know, even drugstore getting so expensive, like they're all behind like plastic now. Like it's crazy. Yes. Right. We can talk about that another day. But uh, something I just really want to say about Love, Beauty and Planet. When we went to the event, a lot of people were like, but what? They're owned by Unilever. People were like, OK, well, you know, you're all eco now. But what about the other brands? I think it's so great that Unilever is doing something so on such a mass level that is so eco-friendly and is all about recycling and all about, you know, cruelty free and yada, yada, yada. It's very exciting to see these big brands making these very big, taking these very big initiatives. And the fact that the product is amazing is also fantastic. Nice. So definitely give it a try. Smells fantastic. Good one thank you so much for listening we're growing because of people like you telling your friends and fam and all that but if you really want to help us out which would be amazing Please go over to iTunes and write us a little review or just throw us some stars. Five please. That would be incredible.
0: And if you want to know where to find any of the people or places or things we talked about, go to fatmascara.com and check out our blog. You can follow us on all the social channels at Fatmascara or email us at infofatmascara.com.
1: We'll even read your letters on the air.
0: So profesh. So profesh.